0: Bienvenidos to Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles. Tonight's program is produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Kuznir, Vilma V, and Vanessa Bohm, with special assistance from Kayla Mulholland. In tonight's program, we celebrate the life, la vida, of Cesar Chavez and the struggles for social justice that have followed in his footsteps. We'll hear about how Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta are being honored in the city of Berkeley. And we'll also hear a commentary on hipsterismo by internationally recognized artist Guillermo Gómez Peña. Noted poet Rafael Jesús González shares his poetry on the farmworker movement and its legacy. And we'll hear sounds from the Black and Brown Unity Block Party from this past weekend. Listen carefully because we'll also give an update on the flamenco festival that will be kicking off in just a few days. Of course, we'll hear the very best in Latin American music along the way. All this and more, but first we begin with Noticias Sin Fronteras with Vilma V.
1: Buenas noches, this is Vilma V. with Noticias Sin Fronteras news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending March 15th. República Dominicana. Tensions between Haiti and the Dominican Republic continue to escalate, stemming from a 2013 Dominican Republic court decision that denied citizenship to children born in the Dominican Republic if their Haitian parents cannot prove they came to the country legally. The law potentially leaves thousands born in the Dominican Republic to Haitian immigrants stateless. Last week... 10,000 Haitians protested in the Haitian capital of Port-au-Prince against the mistreatment of Haitians in the Dominican Republic. In response, the Dominican Republic temporarily closed its consulate in Haiti. Mexico The families of the 43 students missing from the normal school in Ayotinapa are on a tour of the United States. The families have split up into three groups, and each group is visiting a particular region in the U.S. They are hoping to raise awareness about their plight to Mexicans living here in the U.S. Felipe de la Cruz, one of the spokespeople for the families, said that the groups are expected to meet with human rights and social organizations, as well as elected officials, during their tour. Only one of the remains of the missing students, Alexander Mora, has been identified. The students are believed to have been massacred, the same fate thousands of Mexicans have suffered in the so called war on drugs in the last decade. Also, popular Mexican journalist and radio announcer Carmen Aristegui was fired last Sunday for her alleged involvement in the founding of a new media website called Mexico Leaks. The new site is set up for people to share information, denounce corruption, and investigate the connections between the Mexican government the drug trade, and the Mexican media. El Salvador. Yesterday, the foreign ministers of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, along with other political leaders from those countries, met with U.S. policymakers in Washington, D.C. For three days, the officials are discussing support for what has been called the, quote, Alliance for Prosperity Plan, or PAP. The PAP is touted as a means to address migration, security, governance, and economic challenges Within those three countries, President Obama asked the U.S. Congress for $1 billion in his 2016 budget request to fund the PAP. That is roughly three times what the U.S. typically contributes to the region. In a letter to Vice President Biden, various labor, faith-based and non-governmental organizations have expressed their concerns that the PAP is being designed and implemented without transparency, and without crucial input from the grassroots in each country. Venezuela. In response to escalating tensions between the United States and Venezuela, the Venezuelan National Assembly has temporarily given Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro the power to rule by decree. The new anti imperialism law for peace allows the president to bypass the National Assembly and take action to protect the country from others meddling in its internal affairs. The law is widely seen as a response to President Obama's executive order declaring Venezuela a, quote, unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States. Ecuadorian President Rafael Correa called Obama's executive order a, quote, bad joke on his Facebook page. The new law expires in December of 2015. El Papa. During an interview with Mexican television last week, Pope Francis suggested that he may not be pope for long and would consider resigning like his predecessor rather than remaining at the Vatican until his death. He said, quote, I have the feeling that my pontificate will be brief four or five years. I do not know even two or three. A papal enclave elected Pope Francis in 2013, and he is the first Latin American to lead the church. He also stated that he enjoys being the Pope, but misses being able to go out anonymously to just grab a pizza. This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item that you would like to share or have us track, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org.
2: You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Kuznid. Today, we are very happy to be able to talk about some important events happening here in the Bay Area. We have in the studio with us Fede Viveros Walton, who, along with working here in Berkeley at the mayor's office, she is part of an important committee that is working to honor the legacy of Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Hi, Julieta. Happy to be here.
2: Well, it is great to have you here because a lot of people in the area may not know that there's all this work happening to really make sure that the many lessons that Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta have worked to leave us with continue to be carried on, not just through some sort of plaque or something that's more stagnant, but through cultural events and So there are a lot of great happenings that will be kicking off to honor the legacy of these very important people that have done so much. But first, let's take a step back. So what's happening here in Berkeley? Unfortunately, Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta don't really have the national, state and local recognition that we would think that such important folks deserve that have been so essential to increasing rights and improving the overall health and well-being of so many people so tell us why has many exist what are you all working on
3: You know, Berkeley actually has a long history of social activism. And in particular here in Berkeley, we have a lot of Chicano-Latino leaders that have actually worked with Cesar and with Dolores Huerta on the myriad of issues surrounding workers' rights, equal pay, worker safety. And so for us, it's important to understand that history of everything that happened in California and how that spurred movements across the nation around farm workers' rights. But it's also important for us to continue the work because there's a lot of work still that needs to get done. We see it in the raising of the minimum wage across the state. There's talk about national increase of the minimum wage. So we see a lot of the work carried over from the time when Cesar and Dolores were out in the fields. We see it translated into our urban settings and into the communities that we live today right now. And so that's why we do the work that we do to carry that legacy, to continue the work and make sure that our youth and our kids that are currently in our schools know who Cesar and who Dolores were and the amazing work that they did. So that's why uh, the committee meets. We meet throughout the year. We have a commemorative period which starts in the spring equinox will be this Friday and it ends on April 23rd which is the passing of Cesar Chavez.
2: So I know that there are a lot of people listening that maybe they saw the movie and that was their first mm-hmm. taster, their first introduction to the work of Cesar Chavez. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've heard of Dolores Huerta, but they're not exactly sure what her contributions have been. So as a committee, you all are working on a lot of different avenues to really educate people and to conserve and preserve the legacy of these important leaders. What are some of the lessons or themes you all hope get disseminated? and
3: um, We try to have a big community event every year. And just in September, we had an event with Dolores Huerta at the Berkeley High Theater. And it was an event called Passing the Torch. And what we wanted to convey with that event is to invite the community. We wanted to also invite youth and anyone who was interested in hearing about this history from the woman herself and talk to us a little bit about her life and why she does the work that she does and how it's necessary to pass the torch on to our young people today. And so we have a big community event just like that. Um, we also are working into folding in our activities into ongoing things that are happening around the Bay Area. On April 18th, there's San Francisco that travel Parade and festival. So, we're looking to integrate some of our work in there and making sure that we also connect with other community organizations and other community groups that are doing amazing work carrying this torch throughout uh, the Bay Area. And so, we also have very specific ways of making sure that our youth know we actually have curriculum that we've developed with Berkeley teachers, and we actually have an annual essay contest with kids from elementary school all the way up to high school. And it's now become this amazing. Tradition where the committee comes up with prompts around some of their work and some themes surrounding, uh, you know, farmers' workers' rights and work safety, and our youth are actually providing some awesome essays about how the work of Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta actually affects their lives today, right now. And so we honor those students every year at the school board meeting and the city council meeting. And yeah, and they bring their families, and it's just a very joyous event. So those are just uh, just a little taste of the different scope and types of events that we do throughout the year, but particularly during this commemorative period.
2: That's the voice of P.D. Viveros Walton. She is part of the Chavez Huerta planning committee that is working to preserve and share the legacy of these leaders in Berkeley and also expanding beyond Berkeley. So I know that you all have made this big change, this intentional change, launching with that great event, passing the torch to include and make sure that Dolores Huerta is also honored when people talk talk about Cesar Chavez's work, that they also honor the important work of Dolores Huerta. Can you tell us about that very intentional shift you all have made? Uh, refocus energy as well on Dolores Huerta?
3: Sure. Well, our approach was two-pronged. One of them is we wanted to be very intentional on memorializing this change. So we actually made a change to the resolutions that we pass every year on both the school board and the city council. And we explained to the council why it is that we wanted to change the name of the commemorative planning committee to include Dolores Huerta and also honoring The decades of work that she's committed to, not only to the cause of farm workers, but her foundation has worked with a wide variety of community activists, ranging from LGBT rights to increasing the minimum wage to God, her her work is just so amazing and so encompassing that we wanted to make sure that we honor her legacy while she's still alive and she's here with us. And um, we were extremely lucky that she was able to come to our event in September, so that we could officially sort of memorialize it with a community event, which was the passing the torch event in September of 2014. And then this year we officially passed the resolution. It was actually passed by the city council this past Tuesday on March 10th. So today the committee will uh, come before the city council and talk to them about some of the events that we'll be talking about with you today.
2: So yes, how can people plug in? Tell us about some of those great events. You already told us about that essay writing contest. I'm sure there's some parents or young people listening that are interested in participating, but what are some of the things that people can look forward to in this period?
3: Yeah, so before I go on into the amazing events that we are planning, in case you don't catch all of this, you can go to the ecologycenter.org forward slash Chavez website, and there's a list of all of our events there. You can also catch a variety of curriculum. uh, If you want to speak to your children about who Cesar Chavez is, there's links there to materials that are used for kids that is age appropriate. We have links to movies that you can rent out. We don't have the links to the movies on the website, but you can check out the titles. And so if you want any information about the work that we're doing here in Berkeley and how we're plugging into other events on the Bay Area, check out our website, ecologycenter.org forward slash Chavez. But we this year wanted to be intentional with the passing of the torch theme. And so we are having a spoken word workshop with youth led by Berkeley High School and some spoken word artists. And that will take place on this Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, the 19th and 20th of March, um, and with an event happening at the high school at 3.30. And then we also are working with the Cesar Chavez Parade and Festival over in San Francisco. We're planning to be active in that community, making sure we plug in into those efforts. And then we also have an amazing organization here in Berkeley called Bahia, which was founded by actually a really close friend and worker here in Berkeley, Salvador Murillo, who really helped the Berkeley community be in touch and kept our roots with our civil rights activist brothers and sisters. So it's called the Camina Corris y Celebra. It's like a walking marathon, running marathon, whatever floats your boat. Uh, But it's commemorating Bahia's 40th anniversary as a very important place in our community for families to have bilingual education, preschool, and after-school programming. And so its executive director, uh, Petri Sleva-Cutler, is spearheading the organization as well as the event. Um, And that's on April the 25th. I
2: know that this planning committee, the Cesar Chavez-Dolores Huerta planning committee, has been doing a lot of big things. You all have been meeting for quite a while now, and this has been such an important project for many. Why don't you tell our listeners why you personally have decided to really invest time in working towards preserving the the legacy of these important leaders?
3: Sure. Well, the committee is actually comprised of three big groups. One of them is the community. The other one is the city of Berkeley. And the other one is the Berkeley Unified School District. And so for some of us, it's part of our a job being, you know, re- representing elected officials that see this work as extremely important. But you're absolutely right. We meet a lot during the year, and planning these events definitely take up a lot more time than we anticipate. And so a lot of personal dedication and time go into this. And for me personally, I actually am the daughter of a farmer and the daughter of a nurse uh, raised in Mexico. I moved to where I was 17 to pursue higher education in California. And so I have found myself inadvertently being you know, the recipient of the many benefits that have come from the fight that Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta and the myriad of other activists that have worked around workers' rights, access to higher education for a minority students, and so for me this this is just a little a little tiny bit that I can do to contribute to making sure that the youth here know and the community knows of these amazing leaders that lived among us and that currently still live among us, making sure that their their work is known and that the fight doesn't die.
2: That's the voice of Spede Viveros Walton. she's part of the Cesar Chavez Dolores Huerta planning committee based here in Berkeley they're working hard to make sure that the legacy of these leaders live on in the school system in the city of Berkeley and really impact the whole community so tell us again where people can go to find out more about these events if they didn't catch all the info
3: sure if you want any more information on events that are happening in Berkeley and throughout the Bay Area or if you're trying to get some information to talk to your children about Dolores and Cesar go to EcologyCenter.org forward slash Chavez and you'll see a litany of resources, links, and all the work. You can actually see the resolutions that we passed as well. Um, that's a great resource for you to look at some of the events and some of the amazing resources that we've put together for the community to use.
2: Pues muchísimas gracias por estar con nosotros. Thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to seeing you at some of these great events.
3: Gracias, Julieta.
2: This next segment was produced by Greg Landau, and it features Guillermo Gomez-Pena and was part of the film The Other Baggio.
4: Locals. The The first paradox we encounter in Planet Mission is a border conflict between the so-called locals and the art hipsters. Two gross generalizations because, stricto sensu, the locals aren't that local and the hipsters aren't that hip. The main complaint of the locals is that the hipsters don't really live in the mission, ontologically speaking. That they are here temporarily only to have a vicarious experience of bohemian otherness. They are perceived as obnoxious tourists crashing the hood because it's closer than San Miguel Allende or Oaxaca, cheaper than Santa Fe or Venice Beach, and certainly less dangerous than Tijuana. And after a few great Goose Martinis, the hipsters also complain. They complain about the homeboys' machismo and their primitive tattoos. About the homegirls' rowdiness and long black nails. And moan that everything closes so early in the mecca of hipsterism. It's a complicated border war. On the surface, it's a war between boom boxes and iPods, between tequila and more expensive tequila. But deep inside, it's a much nastier war between those who remember and those who forget. Those who are here to stay and those who are just passing through. Last night, at one of my local bars, this old Chicano drunk whispered into my ear as if consoling himself. In two years, all these wannabe eccentrics will all return to Iowa or Wisconsin, or whatever the f- they came from. It's a complicated world." The gaze of the homeboys is heavy and defiant, true. But the gaze of the hipsters is vacant. So what is more offensive? The cultural boldness of working class Latinos or the existential indifference of the Anglos? Hard to tell. Do the hipsters and the locals ever meet? Occasionally. During a one night stand, and mostly the gays and lesbians. According to hipsterologist Claire Light, 21st century heteros aren't mating outside their sociocultural group. Yes. For me, the unresolved question is, am I a hipster or a local? Can I be both, please? The problem is that to the hipsters, I look like some sort of biker shaman. And to me, they still look like tourists.
2: was Guillermo Gomez Pena and this piece was produced by Greg Landau and was featured in the film The Other Baggio.
5: This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. I have in the studio today Nina Menendez. She's been here before because she always brings us some very exciting news about what's going on in flamenco. Bienvenidos, Nina. Muchas
6: gracias, Nina. Tocaya.
5: Yes. It's very exciting, both because there are two Ninas on the air and also because we're talking about flamenco. There's something about flamenco that always
6: gets me very excited. Well, that's wonderful. We're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Bay Area Flamenco Festival, and that's going to be taking place this weekend. The big gala is on Sunday, March 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Palace of Fine Arts, and we're presenting a program called Generaciones or Generations of Gypsy Flamenco Dance. This is going to feature three artists that each one represents a different generation, a different pueblo or small town in the south of Spain and a different family, and and a different style of dancing flamenco. So Concha Vargas is the elder, and in between is Pepe Torres, and the youngest is Gemma Moneo, who's in her 20s. She comes from a long line of Gitano singers from Jerez de la Frontera, but she's a dancer, and very unique, because since she knows the singing so well, I mean, she's the niece of a cult figure in flamenco, El Torta, and because she knows the singing so well, her dancing is incredibly improvisatory and expressive, and she she doesn't have the singers accompany her, but rather she dances to the singing. And Pepe Torres is kind of the same story, because although he comes from a different region and dances in a completely different way, he, for one thing, people may remember him when he came to the Barrier, we presented him at one of our early festivals, and he was the percussive support for the award-winning flamenco group Son de la Frontera, who were incredible, and um, in fact, they won the BBC Award for World Music for Europe that year in 2007 when we presented them. And the guy is really the polyrhythmic powerhouse. He is extremely expressive as well, very spontaneous in his dancing, but the one who really takes the cake in that department is the elder Concha Vargas. In fact, I don't think she'd enjoy being called the elder in a certain sense because she's so spry and so full of life vitality and expressiveness, and she pulls out all the stops. Her performance is never the same, and that's one of the things that I like to emphasize when talking about flamenco and what it's all about, and it'll really be clear to people when they come to the show this coming Sunday at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco, where we'll be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Bay Area Flamenco Festival, and one of the things that is part of our mission is to create cultural exchange with the Spanish flamenco community, particularly celebrating and honoring the traditions of the gypsy flamenco community. Because for them, flamenco is a way of life. It's a part. It's an expression of their identity and their shared legacy, the memory of th- themselves as a people. I mean, it's true that in Spain, gypsies are better treated in general than in other parts of Europe, where things are extremely hard for gypsies. But In Spain, still, nonetheless, the gypsy community is a marginal community and has been for centuries. And there's been an ongoing sort of impulse to erase their culture, to make them give up their way of being, not to be different, to blend in, to assimilate. And in fact, during the reconquest of the Spanish, uh, of the Iberian Peninsula, back, you know, during the Inquisition and all of that, the gypsies were forced to give up their language, their customs, Stop being nomadic and if they didn't they were sent to row the galley ships that were going to the americas to bring back gold and so forth and some of them stopped in africa to pick up slaves and so forth but we're talking um here basically slave labor and of course most of them would end up dying in the process or and i'm sure in fact some did come to the americas and remained here as a matter of fact In fact, there's a lot of influence of Latin American music in flamenco. They call it the cantes de ida y vuelta. But getting back to the main point is that we celebrate gypsy flamenco as a culture of resistance and a culture that expresses this incredible vitality of a people whose history has been denied, who've been denigrated and and marginalized, and who yet have this incredibly complex and rich culture that's expressed through flamenco, through the guitar, the singing, and the dance. And we're going to be emphasizing the dance on Sunday show, but then on Friday the 27th at the Brava Theater in San Francisco, the focus is on the singing. And the show then is called Cante Hondo, Cante Gitano. And it's all about the cante or the singing in flamenco, which is an incredibly rich culture. And in fact, coming to this performance is Latin Grammy Award winning singer Esperanza Fernandez and another incredible singer who's almost like an opera singer in his power, but very Gitano, very gypsy-sounding, and very expressive, as well, José Valencia. So the Sunday performance is at what time? Sunday, that will be the 22nd of March at the Palace of Fine Arts. The show begins at 7 p.m., but we're inviting folks to come early. The lobby opens at 6 p.m., and there'll be informal flamenco festivities taking place in the lobby. Snacks, beverages, beer, and wine will be available, And it's a fun way to feel in community. And if you want to come dressed in a flamenco style, that'd be wonderful. And it's a great uh, way to warm up for the show, which begins at 7 p.m. And the Friday show? Friday, the 27th of March, the show takes place at the Brava Theater on 24th Street in the Mission District. And the show begins at 8 p.m. So what brought you into flamenco Well, um, in my case, you know, I'm, as you know, the daughter of an incredible uh, singer of blues, jazz, and of many genres, Barbara Dane. And as we were growing up, we would be exposed to the great blues artists of the day that she were her contemporaries and that she worked with and would bring to town. At one time, she even had her own club that she presented some of these folks from that she would bring from the South or from the Midwest, Chicago and such, And some of these incredible artists, really roots artists, you know, the the greats. And she often shared the stage with them. And we would go around as well to a lot of the folk festivals that were taking place at the time. You know, we're talking back in the early 60s, late 50s. And our house was always a place of lots of music. And, And then, of course, Folkways music records had come, you know, been founded. And those records were... Part of our growing up, there were always all kinds of music around the house as well. So this, of course, you know, really set me up when I when I was exposed to flamenco. And be, given the fact that my grandfather's from Spain, and we have this connection via Cuba and, and and the Bronx, but my roots go back on my father's side to Spain. And I was bilingual growing up. And so when I got exposed to flamenco through friends of mine that had been living in the gypsy community in Spain, studying guitar mainly, but also singing and just the culture in general. And they had brought back these incredible field recordings of private parties among some of the great figures of the history of flamenco that were gathered in the town of Morón de la Frontera around this charismatic figure of one of the most incredible guitarists of the 20th century, Diego del Gastor. And they had these recordings and I was privileged to be able to listen to them and have copies. On them were people singing like La Fernanda Lutrera and El Perrate and others. And it was just... I mean, you know how it is with teenagers, they often will fall in love with some particular type of music. And in my case, this was it. Gypsy flamenco. I fell head over heels and very passionate and obsessed with it. And and then I started trying to sing myself because I had this, you know, my mom was a singer. I had this background in music and I was bilingual and there were not many singers around our scene here in California. So I I began trying to sing myself. And and later, in fact, when I was living in Cuba, which that's a whole other story we can get into sometime, I connected there with the Cuban flamenco community as well and performed with them as well. And I performed quite a bit in the Bay Area later when I came back, you know, in the in the uh, 90s and so forth. But, um, you know, I, I had this tremendous hunger for more cultural exchange with, you know, the artists from Spain. And in the past 10 years, we've brought really almost all of the living legends of of gypsy flamenco that are you know that are still alive all of the great uh, historical figures like Manuela Gujetas Manuela Carrasco you know Angelita Vargas and so forth and then we've also brought incredible young prodigies some who are already established like Pepe Torres and many others and then others who are just up and coming and who um you know one sees them and goes this person is going to be a great artist So it's been a real privilege and honor to be able to work with these artists, and uh, we hope to continue. It's a struggle because the the economic part of it is really, really hard.
5: Well, this is very, very exciting. So can
6: you tell us again the dates of the festival? Yes. The concerts are this weekend beginning on Sunday, March 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Palace of Fine Arts, Generations of Gypsy Flamenco Dance, featuring Concha Vargas, Pepe Torres, and Jema Moneo direct from Spain and presenting the way flamenco is passed down through the generations as a form of cultural expression and cultural identity. Then the the program continues focusing on the cante, uh, the singing of flamenco, and that takes place at the Brava Theater on Friday the 27th of, of March at 8 p.m. That's in the Mission District of San Francisco. And closing night of the festival takes place down in Santa Cruz at on the campus of Cabrillo College at the Crocker Theater on March 29th. That's a Sunday, and the program there begins at 7 p.m. Well, thank you
5: so much, Nina Menendez, and we look forward to your next activity and bringing you back to tell us more about the rich and beautiful culture of flamenco.
6: Thank you. No!
5: La la la. la.
1: lo de siempre, porque estaba escrito que una mala gente
2: This next segment was produced by Pedro Reyes of KPFA Setting the Standard, which airs every first and third Mondays between 1 and 3 a.m. You can also stream it off of KPFA's website. On the second, fourth, and fifth Mondays, it's 1 and 6 a.m. And it's music, information, interviews, and poetry. So this is sound from this past weekend's Black and Brown Unity Block Party. It was part of the Oakland is Proud Project, which is aiming to create public spaces for families, organizations, and businesses to enjoy each other, their community, and engage in pressing issues like displacement and gentrification that are affecting these neighborhoods. So this block party, which honored the legacy of Black and Chicano arts movements through the theme of Black and Brown Unity, was held at 45th Avenue and International Boulevard, so you're about to hear from Rico Pavon and friends. And so listen up and enjoy. This is Rico Pavon and this segment was produced by Pedro Reyes for the KPFA program, Setting the Standard. That's a little bit better to welcome our very last performer who's going to come and bless the Smike. One of the things that connects us all across uh, cultures is the drum. Drum is an indigenous instrument that was played that represents the beat of Mother Earth, the beat of our heart. And, uh, you know, Rico Pavon, everybody give a hand to Rico Pavon. Rico Pavon is here to represent that Boricua music where the drum is very central to, right? Uh, and to bring that connection between our black and brown people. So please give a warm round of applause for
7: Rico Pavon. I said, how are we feeling today, family? Our ancestors blessed us. Our ancestors blessed us. Our ancestors blessed us, left us with precious lessons ingrained. Our ancestors blessed us, left us with precious lessons ingrained but was it in vain or can we break these chains? Our ancestors blessed us, left us with precious lessons ingrained but was it in vain or can we break these chains? The globe has been engulfed by flames. The oxygen's toxic. Flocks of birds are dropping from blood clots in their brains. A lot has changed, and most will not be the same. The sea has been diseased by greed for oil and acid, brain irreversibly. Humanity's putrid war games have diluted it with pollution A future or more pain Overindulgence interrupting the food chain Self-destruction is coming and it's in the carpool lane Moving fast past ideas of race and class If you breed, bleed or breathe, believe she's chasing your No amount of cash in your stash will save you from that whiplash The whole globe needs to take hold and gain control before we crash and burn Take a long look at our past and learn We've been long past the inactive looking point of no return We've been beaten, battered, abused, tattered, and torn, families scattered across the planet, spat and shat upon, enslaved and branded, raped and ravaged, even children are captive and raised with the ways of a savage, and they're blamed for the ways they behave in their habits when the damage was done way before they came to the planet. Damn, it's a shame. Imprisoned and conditioned to continue the... Damn, it's a shame. Imprisoned and conditioned to continue the... Damn, it's a shame. Imprisoned and continue to continue the same. That's the definition of insane. Our ancestors, bless us, left us with precious lessons ingrained. But was it in vain? Or can we break these chains? I said, our ancestors, bless us, left us with precious lessons ingrained. But was it in vain? I say, was it in vain? Can we break these chains? They've been Trying to get rid of our kind of us since the beginning of time because I'm directly descended from those who defended our lives in bloodline. I'm what made the plantation burn, made people like Tubman return. Even after her death, her spirit inspires fire, such a lesson to be learned. I fill the maroon and machetero and I bring quilombo, remember the Congo? I'm the feeling of being free in your memory, I'm the sound of the bongo, I'm bomba, I'm plena, I'm palo. I'm the rhythm that you follow to find your freedom, to understand every man is the higher plan in this universal language that we speak in. I'm reason, I'm love, I'm even reaching the thugs. Government tried to deny me by keeping us high on them drugs, but I'm fortified in my foundation. Creation made me stable and patient. I'll be waiting there to greet you whenever you come off vacation, saying, Selah, Selah. I remember who you are. Our name is eternal truth and those who know will call us Ra, Selah. Selah. I remember who we are. We are eternal truth and our story will be written in the stars. We are resistance. We are resistance. Our ancestors bless us, left us with precious lessons ingrained. But was it in vain? Can we break these chains? Look at the youth, they're all at war. Soon as they walk up out the door, wielding the armor, shield and sword, they never know what is in store. More pressure. Every corner's hardcore. Between the bangers, busters, the ballers, and the anti-black and brown law. surprise we don't all reside in the big belly of the beast. Could it be they marinating us just waiting for the next phase of the feast? Listen, straight from the streets, they send even children to prison. So it seems our life ain't worth living. To the police or politician without esclavitud, you can look at their attitude. Just asking questions gets you batted and bruised and your crew accused, they got the power to. Just devour the youth, arrest with no questions and enough aggression to shoot you without the proof. Like oops, VA to LA, two days triple K, works within the justice system, just acquiring slaves. Corporate interests, wicked business investments in private prisons, senseless and wild. What I'ma teach my child, our ancestors bless us, left us with precious lessons and grain, but was it in vain? Can we break these chains? Yeah. It's freedom time. It's freedom time. Are y'all with me right now? Yeah. When I say speak, you say truth. Speak, truth. speak. Truth. When I say spread, you say love. Spread, spread, speak. Spread, speak. Spread, speak. Spread, speak. Spread, It's for hip hop music, There we go. Yo, yo it's that young gal, Puerto Rican love child. Never speaking thugs down. My information's compound, they got at least one foul. They want up on me Cause I roll a jar on me And the devil can't harm me My armor's hard to scar Cause it's Godcore Y'all can stay hardcore I'ma play the encore For my people that want more From life than gun tours And ice and drug wars At night, listen I came up in that fight That's rumble or die Hunger inside My belly man barely alive I'm telling no lie Ask my sister how we got by Everybody nodding and high We forgot how to cry That's why there's fire in my eyes You feel the heat of my rhyme Each of my lines Designed to reach deep in the mind To help you seek your divine Reason for being And if you are worth it Know the purpose of MCN Boy, I lay them down I lay lay, lay. lay them down Pick them up Baptize them with the bomb I lay, I lay, I lay I lay way underground I've been waiting Just staying in the bus. I lay, I lay, I lay I lay a stable ground That's for the young bucks That's coming up I lay, I lay, I lay, I lay Listen I keep my mic on Rip it with my right palm and warm Rip it with the lights on So roaches be gone when the coaches be on, be warned. This game is way above and beyond. Any song, any flow, any bomb, any blow, any thongs, any go, any charms, any go, any props with the clothes, he cops with the chrome. Hip hop us don't clone, but we got us all wrong. I'm go I'm re we be a plus it's on, I'm on. The God's squad as my entourage. Pony bought, fathers live at large as a la like Mirage. Many stops, many cars, no plan for tomorrow to the call from y'all, no hoes, boy. Rough, rugged, and raw, something to even a score. Real kids who want the realness of before. Watch the they and a fake, Now when truth comes to the door. Say down, boy. I lay, I lay, I lay, I them down, pick them up, baptize them with the bomb. I lay, I lay, I lay, I lay, I lay. underground, I've been waiting, just staying in the cuts. I lay, I lay, I lay, a stable ground, that's for the young bucks that's coming up. Call themselves MC. All they speak about is pimps and hoes and blood money, guns, liquor, and clothes, trucks, clubs, and junkie, sex, drugs, and Humvee. Violence in the street like it's something funny. You ever seen an OD victim or a children who they give birth to? What are the ones who just live with them? Who come into this world suffering from withdrawal symptoms? Make it through the beginning, develop a little different. You ever seen the of an abused child, the black and blues, or the crooked tooth, smell of a juvenile. Ever wonder how a person get suicidal, or how one must really feel to sell your body for survival? Or when is somebody you know who the Pope trying to give life to? Or when is somebody you know who was at the wrong end of a rifle? Or what does it really look like when you take a slug? What are the consequences of, of being a faker?
5: This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. We have in the studio today Rafael Jesús González, poet, scholar, and activist, and Gerardo Marín, activist, teacher, trainer, and musician. Welcome to both of you. Gracias, Nina. We're so happy that you're here. There are so many things that we haven't discussed since you were last here, and one of them is the issue of the farm workers and Cesar Chavez.
8: A very... Important issue indeed.
5: So can we begin with one of your poems about the farm workers and Cesar Chavez?
8: Indeed, Nina. We'll start with a little sacred music to honor Cesar Chavez.
5: Rafael Jesús González will be reading his poems in two languages, first in Spanish and then in English.
8: What I will share with you is my elegy to César Chávez written at the time of his death. A fines de abril, a César Chávez. A fines de abril, las viñas ya verdes de brotos, llegó la muerte al campesino al César de las uvas vestidas de azul, de las cebollas de fondos blancos, de las manzanas de vestiduras rojas. Le dijo, «Ven, César», y se lo llevó de las uvas envenenadas, las sandías, los melones llenos de mal, de las batallas de los surcos, de las emboscadas de las acequias, del estandarte guadalupano, de la bandera roja y negra. Pero en los surcos su voz dejó sembrado su anhelo por justicia, que es decir, reclamar el pan para el hambre, el alivio para el enfermo, los libros para el inocente. Su voz dará fruto, y habrá regocijo en los surcos, las acequias, las mesas, la tierra. At the end of April, to César Chávez. At the end of April, the vines already green with buds, Death came to the fields worker, to the Caesar of the grapes dressed in blue, of the onions in white petticoats, Of the apples in red vestments. She said to him, Come, Caesar," And took him from the poisoned grapes, The watermelons, the melons full of ill, The battles of the furrows, The ambushes of the ditches, The Guadalupe standard, The red and black flag. But in the furrows, his voice left planted, his longing for justice, which is to say, his demands for bread for the hungry, healing for the sick, books for the innocent. His voice will bear fruit, and there will be rejoicing in the furrows, in the ditches, round the tables, in the land.
5: You just heard Rafael Jesús González, and he was accompanied on the flutes by Gerardo Marín.
8: Much of the immigration that we see happening recently in the last decade or so is due in great part to the policies of the United States in Mexico, principally the so-called free trade treaties that make the borders permeable to goods but not to the people who produce those goods. And second, this uh, cynical and scoundrelly so-called war against drugs that makes the use of drugs and addiction a crime and not what it really is, a health issue. And the policy is used mostly to interfere with other countries in the interest of, I won't say the United States and its people, but of the 1% who rules the United States and its people. The third policy is the so-called Cancun Accords of the Bush administration with Mexico that served to militarize Mexico. So that now the distinction between the warlords and the governors of Mexico become very blurred. This causes, of course, a great displacement of people who, with the introduction of Monsanto-engineered corn, has not only threatened the many kinds of corn that keep the the crop alive, but threatened by the engineered corn of Monsanto, and raises the price of flour so high that uh, the people can't afford their food any longer. So, of course, there's this displacement, and where is one to go, but where the wealth is, and that is the United States. It's an old story. The refugees of El Salvador, who come to, came to the United States and come from United States, fleeing in a war instigated by the United States. It's, it's the same old story of empire, Nina.
5: I wonder when you mentioned the Cancun Accords, that's where they made deals about armaments, about militarizing the Mexican police force, and can you fill us in a little on that?
8: The thing that the United States produces most is armaments, and there's a huge supply of armaments. When we say we give foreign aid to countries, what we're talking about is supplying them with U.S.-made weapons. There's such a surprise of these weapons that they are the powers that be are militarizing every agency in the public agency in the United States, particularly the police forces in the cities. You have to realize that, that Berkeley itself has armored vehicles supplied by the federal government. For what purpose are we going to use them in defense against invading Iraqis? No, you know, they're in place to use against the civil unrest that's going to increase as uh, as more and more suffering is brought about by this uh, unequal, unequal distribution of wealth, of wealth and power concentrated in the hands of a few, of a government that goes more and more into the hands of the wealthy. You have to realize that uh, there are the House of Representatives, that Congress and the Supreme Court are in the hands of the fascist factions of the country. We're all set for a military state, and we have to analyze and be very much aware of what is happening.
5: Beautifully put. As always, Rafael Jesús González and Gerardo Marín, Gracias.
0: You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza on KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. If you'd like to listen to this program again or share it with others, you can check us out at kpfa.org or on SoundCloud. Just search for La Raza Chronicles. And make sure to like us on Facebook for more updates on Latino arts, culture, news, and music. Stay tuned next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for more of Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles. Hasta la próxima y buenas noches.